Welcome to the sermon podcast of Kusada Baptist Church. We want to be a lighthouse to guide you on your journey through life. Listen as our pastor, Dr. Jim Graham, shares a message from God's Word and offers sound biblical direction for your daily life. There are certain stories in God's Word that I just love those stories. I've loved them since I was a kid. This is one of those stories. We've been talking about Elisha and some of the stories from his life in 2 Kings. And we've been asking the question or thinking about the, 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 the theme of if you believed that God was who he says he is, then there's certain things you would do. And one of the things, what I want to talk to you about this morning is if you really believe in God, then you could see God. You could see God. In fact, let me, let me share with you a couple of scriptures that say this on both sides of the aisle of this. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So this aspect in our lives that, that if we know God, that as we're going through life, we can see things that are happening around us, and we see God. We see God in action. We see things, and we know that's God right there. That's God doing that. Okay, But the opposite is also true. There are those who don't see God at all. God's all around them. God is doing things. And they don't see him. Listen to what it says in John chapter 12, verse 40. It says, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts. Now that's a scary opposite of that first verse, isn't it? So the the concept is that there are times when there are people who can't see what God is doing at all. They don't know what God's doing. They don't recognize it. They don't see it. And then there are those who see God and see what he's doing. All right? So my question today is, can you see God? Can you see God? So in this story, I was preparing this message, and it was early May, and I I was thinking about this. And and there is a scene in a movie that, that to me, is, is just stolen from this story in Scripture. I mean, I just see it and I go like, they, they got this idea. They got this idea from this story in Scripture. Now, some of you, only a few of you in here celebrate this holiday. It's May the 4th. Some of you, I want to see, so here's some people who celebrate May the 4th. There's someone. Anybody else? I see there's some May the 4th people. Okay, so May the 4th, people. Now, some of you celebrate May the 5th. That's Cinco de Mayo. This is May the 4th. Now, the rest of you in here have no idea what I'm talking about, right? You don't know what May the 4th is. Okay, May the 4th is a very important day for some people. And, and uh, it's, it's from May the Force. Be with you. Uh, it's from Star Wars. There is a scene in Star Wars that is stolen from this story in scripture that i want to tell you about today so i have the clip for the rest of you for some of you in here this is just it's going to be the highlight of your day and because i'm showing a star wars clip a minute and a half long star wars clip for the rest of you just bear with it you've never seen it that's fine that's fine but but you'll you'll get it let's play the let's play the clip Moss Eisley's spaceport. You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. 
three or four seasons? They're up for sale if you want them. Let me see your identification. You don't need to see his identification. We don't need to see his identification. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids we're looking for. He can go about his business. You can go about your business. Move along. Move along. Move along. Oh, yes. I had that little speeder when I was a kid growing up. So that, that little scene, these are not the droids you're looking for. It's from this story I want to tell you this morning, okay? So here's the setting. Uh, there is a king of Aram, and he is trying to, he's running raids on cities in Israel, and he's trying to pick a fight with the Israelites and so he wants to defeat their army so he's doing these raids he's trying to draw out their army and he keeps setting up these ambushes to catch their army uh, so he can whip them and but every time he sets up an ambush he'll set up in this valley or in this situation every time he does Elisha who's a man of God who knows God he keeps telling the king of Israel hey don't go in that valley. Hey, don't go over there. He's telling them. Well, the king of Aram is getting really upset. He's like, I have a traitor in my midst. You know, somebody here is a traitor. Now, you may recall, I recently told you the story of Naaman. And Naaman uh, had leprosy, came to Israel to meet with Elisha to get cured. We talked about that day. Will you believe, will you, if you believe, will you obey when you get very specific instructions, but you don't like the instructions? That was the story of Naaman. And Naaman was a, he was an army officer for this king. So I don't know what went on after that point, but somehow that king decided, I want to fight the Israelites. And so they knew about Elisha. They knew about his God. And so they're telling the king, hey, it's not us. There's no traitor. The problem is that this dude knows everything that we're doing. So the king decides, well, instead of trying to trap their army, let's just go get that one guy. We'll go get him. We'll take him captive. And once we have him, he can't tell the king what we're doing. Then we'll set an ambush and trap. We'll win this victory. And so they do some research. They find out where he is. He's staying in a little town called Dothan. Hey, did you know Dothan was in the Bible? All right, so he's in a town called Dothan, and they send a whole army to get this one guy. They get to Dothan, and they surround the city. They surround it, and they start closing in, you know, the city, and they've got him trapped. All right, so... Elisha's there, he's got his friend with him, this guy who serves with him, and the friend, they get up that morning, they look out, and pff, there's an army. Weapons, soldiers, they're ready, and they're there for them. And he is freaking out. I mean freaking out. 
Like, what are we going to do? What? Oh, my gosh. You know, they're go- we're going to die. You know, he's freaking out. Elisha is just staying as calm as can be. Like, not a problem in the world. He keeps telling the guy, would you just chill? Would you just relax? Have you ever been in this scenario? Sometimes you husbands and wives get in this scenario. Sometimes you and your best friend get in this situation. But you've been in a situation where one of you's calm and the other one's freaking out. You know what I'm saying? And you're both mad at each other for what they're doing, right? The calm one is going, why don't you calm down? What, will you quit freaking out? And the one freaking out is going, why don't you freak out? Like, this is a bad situation. How can you just sit there, right? And we're upset with each other. Well, that's what's going on. Elisha, come on, man. Like, we're in trouble. He says, we're not in trouble. We're fine. And he's starting to really annoy him, okay? And so he literally says to him, if you'll, just don't be afraid. He says, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And he's not talking about just us and them. He said, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm sitting there and that servant's going, uh, one, two. I don't know what kind of math you have, but I don't understand how two is more than all of them. That's, you know, that's crazy. And, and so Elisha gets fed up and he just prays to God about not about the situation about the guy okay do you ever have those prayers lord forget the situation but can you just get them to shut up like can you just calm this down yesterday i we had a hispanic event yesterday and when the the event was over and we were cleaning up there was this one little kid and the kid was running around and he felt like everybody was chasing him he was having the time of his life and he was squealing Now, I don't remember exactly when this happened, but there's a time in your life when the squeal of a young child is the sweetest sound you will hear. And then, something happens. And you get old enough to where the sound of the squeal of a child is the worst thing you can hear. Has anybody else reached that age? Has anybody else in my age? Some of you are way too young to have that feeling like, you know. But you were like, I was standing there last night, and I was going like, is there a box and some tape? I could do something. I was just like, I'm going to have to go outside. Like, this is a little too much for me. And they looked at me, and he says, and the thing is, there's only one of him, and he's doing all this, right? So Elijah's just fed up, and so he, he prays an interesting prayer. It's really what I want to challenge you with today. Because you would think, what would he pray in this situation? God, help us. He doesn't pray that. God, send an army to save us. He doesn't pray that. God, hide us. He doesn't pray that. God, do something, do anything. He doesn't pray that. This is what he prays. He said, Lord... Will you open his eyes so that he can see? And so God answers the prayer and opens his eyes. And it says that when the Lord opened the servant's eyes, he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And he went, oh, my bad. Sorry, I was freaking out. 
Like, so it wasn't, the circumstances didn't change at all. There's still an army out there. They still want to kill Elijah, uh, Elisha. But Elisha is sitting there calm. And he's going, why are you so calm? He's calm because he can see something that the other person can't see. He can see God. He can see what God's doing. My friend, I, I just want to tell you, what we're going to talk about today is how sometimes just being able to see what God is doing, to see Him in the midst of your situations, is all you need. All you need. That He's there, and that He's on, he's on mission, and He knows what He's doing. As soon as He could see, He calmed down, and He went like, okay, we're fine. We're fine. There's a whole army surrounding us that... that appear to be more powerful than them. That, I mean, that's why Elijah said, hey, don't be afraid. There's more with us than are with them. All right, this isn't the end of the story. As they're drawing closer, they send in a little delegation to him to give him a chance to surrender. Okay, so they're coming in to meet with him. As they begin to approach, Elisha prays another prayer, and he says, Lord, will you make them blind will you make them blind i just read to you a verse in john where it says he can make people blind where they can't see he can make their hearts where they don't understand and so we we, we can see we can see and understand or we can see but not understand or we can even be where we can't even see much less understand. So he says, will you make them blind? And they ride right in to Elisha, and he says, these are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> These are not the people. They can go on. You don't need their identification. It's literally what he does. He just says, hey, we're not the guys you're looking for. And they went, oh, these aren't the guys we're looking for. He goes, he goes, this is not even the city, and this isn't the road. And they go, oh, we're in the wrong city, and we're on the wrong road. Like, they just, all of a sudden, they couldn't see where they were, what they were doing. They had done all this work, and they said, oh, we're in the wrong place. Goodness gracious. And he says, no worries. He said, I'll take you to the man that you're looking for. He's the man. He's like, I'll take you to him. They're like, okay, great. We'll follow you. So they get on their horses, and Elisha says, come on, guys, just follow me. And they get in line behind them, and he just rides them right into Samaria, right into the fortress where the Israeli army is. Now, the Israelis are in the fortress. They're up on the wall. They have their arrows their spears, and these guys are riding in. They say, here comes the army. What do we do? And he says, they look like they don't even have their weapons drawn. They're certainly not in battle formation. Hey, I think that's Elisha in front of them. He's like, let's just open the gate. Let's just, just, just be patient. And they ride right into the middle of the fortress, and now they're on top of them. You know, they have their weapons drawn, and they're, they're, they're just right on top of them. Y'all, one time, Perlene and I were traveling, and we were actually in Israel. This is like almost 20 years ago. We were in Israel, and we were, we were going from Palestine into Israel. And we were going through this border. And there was this huge wall, like 20 feet high, really thick. And we come through this wall, and we're going through customs. 
and we're in this little building, and they've got us winding through. And, we're, and I was really intimidating. I, I intimidated. I was going like, "Oh my goodness, you know, we're, man, what is all this?" And all of a sudden, as we're in line, I look up, and as I look up, there is a perch all the way around this room, and all around this room are army soldiers with machine guns sitting up over us. And I went, oh. And I I made eye contact with one of them, and I went, oh. And he looked at me like, yeah, that's right. And I was like, I was kind of scared. And then we showed our U.S. passport, and they said, hey, we're Israel. You're U.S. Come on in. Have a good time. You know, and we're like, whew, uh, that's goodness. But I just feel like that's what those guys felt like. All of a sudden, they... Elisha says, okay, God, open their eyes now. Open their eyes. And their eyes were open, and they went like, oh. Y'all, I saw a video this week of a preacher, and he was standing down front at the end of the service, and they were singing, and he had his eyes closed, and somebody walked down the aisle to come pray with him, and they got up to him, and he didn't know they were coming, and when they got right there and said, excuse me, he liked to jump out of his skin. I said, like, no closing your eyes in that situation anymore. So they jump and go, oh my goodness, and they're, they're doomed, their whole army. And so the king asked Elisha, so what do I do? Should we, should we kill them? Should we annihilate them? And he goes, no, no, no. God has just handed them to you. Don't do that. He said, let's feed them. So that's what they did. He said, put your weapons down. They set up tables. And they fed them. And when they finished feeding them, they said, you can get your stuff and y'all go back home. They got their stuff and they went back home. And when they got home, They went straight to their king, and they said, Hey, we ain't going over there anymore. We're not messing with those people anymore. They have a God, and their God can do things that we can't do. We're in trouble. If we keep messing with those people, you think it's something that their prophet's telling them where we're trying to ambush them? They just ambushed us without even trying. We were blind. We had no clue what was going on. That scared us to death. It's scary when you're blind, when you can't see. And it is freeing when you can. Now, we can't see for a number of reasons. Sometimes we can't see because we've we've never known Jesus from the first place. How can we see him if we don't even know him? You know what I'm saying? Like, We could go out in public today, and if somebody's coming by and you don't know who they are, you could see them, it wouldn't even register. You wouldn't even know that you ran by them, that you ran into them, because you don't know who they are, right? If they don't know Jesus, and Jesus is sitting right there in front of them, how would they even know it's Him? So some people just don't know Him, and they can't see Him. That's what the Scripture tells us in Acts chapter 26. He says, I'm sending you to them to open their eyes. Notice the language. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. These are people who don't know Jesus and he's saying they're blind 
And, and when you go to them to share the gospel with them so that they come to know me and have faith in me, then they'll be able to see. But they can't see. Now here's a scary thing. Sometimes there are those who come to know Christ, they can see, but then they, they're not following Him. They're not following Him. And, and we get to the point where we can't see. Let me read to you from 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, there's a list of things. He says, this is what you should be doing. And he said, but if you're not doing that, whoever doesn't have these things, he says in verse 9, is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their past sins. So he's talking about people who've been cleansed from their past sins. Now, I'm not talking about losing your salvation or something. I'm talking about you can't see. You can't see what to do. You can't see what's going on. And so now you're nearsighted and blind, and you've forgotten that, that you used to could see, but now you're in a situation you can't. Anybody else in here nearsighted? I am nearsighted. Anybody? You are? Anybody else nearsighted? Y'all in trouble? Right? I'm going to tell you something. I, I can take these glasses off, and I can see this piece of paper, thank goodness. But what I see out there, you have never been so good looking in all your life. You, you are a blob of colors, you know. I can pick out some. There's some pink right there. I can see that pink. I can see orange right back there, you know what I'm saying? Like I can see some, some colors. There's a red or something right over there. You know, like I can see. Other than that, I'm in trouble. You ever feel like that's the way you can see what life is supposed to be? What you're supposed to do in a situation? You're sitting there going, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I, I don't have clarity. He says, because you're nearsighted. Sometimes the problem is we don't want to see. I don't want to know. I don't want to see. I can tell you this, when you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing, you don't want anybody to see. You don't turn the lights on, you turn the lights off. Jesus was talking to a guy named Nicodemus. And we know that Nicodemus ends up following Jesus, becoming a follower. But in John chapter 3, it's where the most famous verse of scripture is John three sixteen. he's telling Nicodemus how to be a follower how to believe and what he came to do for them in verse 20 of that chapter he says everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed there's times we don't want to see so I want you to get the three scenarios we can either see right we can see but sometimes we can't see because we don't even know Jesus we don't, we don't even know Jesus. Sometimes we used to could see, but because we're not following him, we, we can't see anymore. And, and sometimes we can't see because we don't want to see, because we're not making good choices. So I want, I want to sum this up. I want to talk to you about, about some things about vision. Uh, first thing I want to tell you is that, we're, listen, we're just now getting to the blanks. You're sitting there. Some of you have been waiting this whole sermon, you like to fill in your blanks, and you're like, when are we filling in the blanks? Okay, here you go. Number one, there's desperation when vision is limited. There are a lot of desperate people in the world. In our story, the picture of the desperate person is Elisha's friend who's standing there, and there's mess going on. They're in trouble, and he's going, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're in so much trouble, so much trouble. What are we going to do? And the answer to the prayer is not, 
The answer to the situation is not solve it, God. The answer is just open my eyes. When vision is limited, we're desperate because we can't see God. We can't see God. If we could just see God, we're not worried anymore. We're not worried. God is more powerful. He is more capable. He is more loving and forgiving. Like if God's on the scene, we're not worried. So I want to challenge you. Whatever you're going through, whatever situation you're in, I want you to tweak your prayer a little bit. I want you to try something. I want you to try instead of God fix it, God solve it, God show up, God do this. Try this one. God, open my eyes so that I can see you. I want to see you and where you are and what you're doing. Desperation. Second word. There's confusion when vision is limited. They came in and, and uh, he, he said to them, this isn't the road, this isn't the city, we're not the men. I want to tell you something. When you can't see, when you have no bearings, you can't follow because you don't even know where you are. Forget where God is. You, you don't know where you are. How can you figure out where to go if you don't know where you are? I don't know if you've ever been in this situation where you've been kind of lost. You can't see. One time I was in a situation, I was driving, and all of a sudden it just closed down and closed down where the fog was so bad I literally could not see, not one foot in front of me. And I stopped the car in the middle of the road, a two-lane road. Scary situation. I'm thinking like if somebody else just drives up behind they could just hit me. I mean, you couldn't see anything. And I couldn't see to pull off the road. I didn't know what was up. So let me tell you what I did. I opened the door of my car and looked down, and I could see the yellow line. And so I literally just started creeping forward and watching the yellow line. So it was like, as long as I can see this yellow line, I know I'm in the road, and I've got to find a place I can pull off. And I got far enough up that eventually I could see you know, a flat place, and it turned out, I couldn't even tell till I started pulling in, and I realized it was a gas station. You couldn't even see the gas station. But I pulled in. I was like, that was a scary situation. You ever been in a situation in your life where you're sitting there and you can't see? You don't know what to do. You don't know what to do because you can't see. You know, Lord, I don't know whether to do this or to do this. Lord, show me. Show me the right path. Here's the prayer. Lord, open my eyes. I can't even see where I'm at. I don't know if this is the road, if this is the city, if this is the right people. I don't know. So Lord, will you open my eyes and show me? Would you, would you, would you bring the sun out and burn this fog out of the way? Would you clear up my vision so that I can see what's going on? There are a lot of confused people out there. There are a lot of desperate people because they can't see God. And God's the only solution to so many problems and they can't see God, so they're desperate. There's a lot of confused people out there. 
because vision is limited and they can't see where they're at. Third thing, there's no direction when vision is limited. No direction. He said, I'll lead you to the man you're looking for, and he leads them right into a fortress in Samaria. There's no direction. If you don't know where you are, and you don't know where God wants you to go, how can you make a plan for where you need to go? I'll tell you this then. There are a lot of directionless people in the world. You know what happens to us? We just kind of get caught up in the world around us. And almost, it almost seems like every decision is being made for us. You know, it's just, this is my job, and they're telling me I've got to be here at this time and leave at this time, and I've got to get these things done. And here's my family, and this is what they need, and I've got to get this done and that done. And then there's all these tasks that have to be done. You know, you've got to clean this, you've got to cut your grass, you've got to fix, you've got to do this and this and this, and you just... Before you know it, you're just taking people everywhere, doing all these things, running errands, getting things done, running life, and people say to you, well, what are you doing? Where are you headed in life? Headed in life? I'm just trying to get to Friday. I'm just trying to get to the end of the school year. And, and, then, you, and then you tell yourself these things, like when I get to the... When I get to this summer, I'm going to do these three things. When I get to the end, when they graduate high school, I'm going to do this. When I get to retirement, I'm going to do this. And guess what happens? The school year starts again, and you didn't get that stuff done. And it's like there's this wave of stuff that's just pushing you through life, and there's no direction. You're just going, you're just kind of doing what you're, you know, the journey that you started out, and whether you want to keep going on that path or not, you're just on it, and you can't see. And there's a world full of directionless people out there. And maybe what we need to do is say, Lord, Lord, show me the exit ramp, show me the turn in the road, show me the choice that I need to make, Lord, open my eyes so that I can see. Because I want to tell you this one last thing. There's a lot of confidence when your vision is clear. The prophet said, don't be afraid. There's more that, that are with us than are with them. Settle down. Calm down. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Why is it fine? Because the situation is fine? No. The situation is terrible, but I can see God. The situation is fine is because I know what town I'm in, I know what road I'm on, and I know where I'm headed. Should we kill them? No, calm down. Everything is fine. God is here and God is in charge. Sometimes all we need to know is we just, there's great confidence when you can see God and when you can see the path and when you can see yourself, there's great confidence. You can see beyond today. You can see beyond yourself. You can see beyond your own limitations. And notice, he didn't just see us and them. That's what happens to me, right? You get in a situation, and here's what I see. I see them, I see the problem, and I see us, me and mine. 
and I see how that is affecting this. And that's, that's intimidating, that's tough. It's challenging, it's scary. But notice, he didn't just say, Lord, let him see them. And he said, there's more that are with us than those that are with them. God has a whole army, a whole army that's with us. And I, I, I want you to know that sometimes we're hurting, sometimes we're broken, sometimes we're overwhelmed. Sometimes we feel like we're at the end of ourselves. But all we have to do is come to God and say, God, open my eyes. I know if I can just see you. Because he came to forgive us. He came to direct us. He came to love us. He knows how flawed we are. And it doesn't matter. Over and over, he says, I know they're blind. But, but I've come to open the eyes of the blind so that you can see. And open your heart so that you can understand. I want to tell you, we're about to sing a song. And the song says, oh, what a Savior. He is so wonderful. He has come to forgive us. He's risen from the dead. And He came to show us. So my challenge to you, the musicians are coming, my challenge to you is just to pray, to pray, Lord, open my eyes. Some of you right now, you've got a situation in your life. There's something right now, and you can't see, and you just need to pray, Lord, show me. Show me. There's some of you in here, when I've been talking, I want to tell you, it's a little scary because you're sitting there thinking, I don't know if I've ever seen God. I don't know if I've ever really seen God. I mean, I know who He is, and I believe in that He is who He is, but I don't know if I've ever seen Him. I mean, maybe today is the day you say, I want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ because I want to be able to see Him. He is apparently the hope and salvation for so many and I don't want to walk through this life blind. Lord, open my eyes. That's my prayer for you today. It's my prayer for you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our prayer that it's been helpful in this part of your life journey. We invite you to join us at Kusada Sunday mornings for worship. Visit our website at kusadabaptist.org for directions and more information about our church.